Good morning. My name is Erin Phelps, and I'm a part of the Misty Way and Young Adults Community Group. This is the scripture reading for today. We're in Psalm 33. Let the godly sing for joy to the Lord. It is fitting for the pure to praise him. Praise the Lord with melodies on the lyre. Make, or lyre, excuse me. <laughs> Make music for him on the ten-stringed harp. Sing a new song of praise to him. Play skillfully on the harp and sing with joy. For the word of the Lord holds true, and we can trust everything he does. He does whatever is just and good. The unfailing love of the Lord fills the earth. The Lord merely spoke, and the heavens were created. He breathed the word, and all the stars were born. He assigned the sea its boundaries and locked the oceans in vast reservoirs. Let the whole earth fear the Lord, and let everyone stand in awe of him. For when he spoke, the world began. It appeared at his command. The Lord frustrates the plans of the nations and thwarts all of their schemes. But the Lord's plans stand firm forever. His intentions can never be shaken. What joy for the nation, whose God is the Lord, whose people he has chosen as his inheritance. The Lord looks down from heaven and sees the whole human race. From his throne, he observes all who live on the earth. He made their hearts so he understands everything they do. The best equipped army cannot save a king, nor is great strength enough to save a warrior. Don't count on your war horse to give you victory. For all its strength, it cannot save you. But the Lord watches over those who fear him, those who rely on his unfailing love. He rescues them from death and keeps them alive in times of famine. We put our hope in the Lord. He is our help and our shield. In him, our hearts rejoice, for we trust in his holy name. Let your unfailing love surround us, Lord, for our hope is in you alone. This is the word of the Lord. Good morning, church. My name is uh, Derek Crawford. I'm one of the pastors here at the church, and it's an honor and a privilege to bring you a message from God's Word today. It's been a few months since I've been up here to preach, but that's all right. We're going to get through this together, but I'm going to need y'all's help, all right? As a reminder, I like verbal feedback. I even paid a few people to shout, amen, and come on now, okay? But from time to time, I'm going to ask you to talk to your neighbor. So make sure who you're sitting next to you like, okay? (laughs) Nobody moved, okay? So you like who you sit next to. That's good. But the Lord says we're supposed to love our neighbor, amen? So show some love to your neighbor this morning. Y'all want to practice real quick? Look at your neighbor and say, I didn't sign up for this. Ooh, that was okay. Y'all going to have to get better. But we'll get better as we go along. Uh, Pray with me, church. Mighty God, we ask that you bring your Holy Spirit here today. And we ask that you hear, we hear what you have for us. Let your word speak through me and fall in the ears of those who are here and those who are watching online. Amen. For those that you know me or know me well, know that I like music. Pastor Brown often called me the human jukebox. I'm known for randomly taking what someone says and singing a line from a song that goes along with what they just said. That was hard to follow, right? 
Let me explain to you what I mean. Someone will say something about birthdays, or it's so-and-so's birthday, or, you know, my birthday's coming up. And I'll be the one that goes, birthdays are the worst days, and now we sip champagne when we're thirsty. If that went over your head, that means you don't know who Biggie Smalls is. But if you know who Biggie Smalls is, you'll be like, oh, yeah, that goes right along. I feel that. My wheelhouse is 90s hip-hop and R&B. So I'm all the time spitting a line from one of those songs there. My wife can attest to it, my daughter as well. But I love all kinds of music. Every, almost every genre can be found on my iTunes library. Yes, iTunes. I have an iPhone. Uh, I got Marvin Gaye, The Temptations, Frankie Beverly. I got Bon Jovi, because we all living on a prayer, right? I got Michael Jackson. I mean, who don't have MJ? I got Journey, Linkin Park, Bob Marley. I got Big Luther. I got Little Luther. I got Jay-Z. I got Jodeci. I got Kanye. I got Metallica. I got Guns N' Roses, Lauryn Hill, Whitney. Now, I know what you're thinking. White dude from West Virginia, and he didn't say anything about country. Nope. No country. I'm sorry. That didn't make my cut. There was a song I heard one time that said, she thinks my tractor's sexy. It was kind of catchy, but yeah, no church. No, no, no country church. Y'all judge me right now, aren't you, church? Look at your neighbor and say, where is his Christian music? Okay, I got tons of holy hip-hop in my rotation. I got Maverick City music, Travis Green, Lauren Daggle, Jonathan McReynolds, and Kurt Franklin. Young, fo- young folks, I also got Travis Scott, Drake, and Lil Baby. I got Lil Baby, not the Baby. Lil, Lil Baby, okay? There is a difference, and if you don't know a difference, find one of the young people and figure it out, okay? To be honest with you, though, my wife will again attest to this, I hyper-focus, and right now it's a lot of Christian hip-hop and Maverick City music that's in my rotation all day, every day. As I work, it's on in the background and everything like that. So I've got plenty of Christian uh, music pumping in me, just so you know. Um, Where are you going with this, Pastor D? Okay. One, I love music. It's a great and wonderful artistic expression created by God. Two, I want you to know that psalms are songs. Psalms are songs. Y'all get that? Psalms are songs. The psalms were songs that the Israelites sung over and over Again, corporately and to themselves. I can see David, Solomon, and all the Israelites turning into YHWH right now, Yahweh Radio, for all their praise and worship. And they sung them together, and they probably sung them to themselves when they needed assurance of their faith. There are different types of psalms. We have psalms of lament, psalms of thanksgiving, psalms of confidence, divine kingship, Psalms about Zion, royalty, wisdom, righteousness, blessing, and praise. Our psalm today from Psalm 33 is a praise psalm. Look at verse 1 with me. Let the godly sing for joy to the world. It is fitting for the pure to praise him. Praise the Lord with melodies on the lyre. Make music for him on the ten-string harp. Sing a new song of praise to him. Play carefully on the harp and sing with joy. For the word of the Lord holds true, 
and we can trust everything he does. He loves whatever is just and good. The unfailing of the Lord fills the earth. As we think about this praise song and praising our great and faithful Savior, I want us to see three things today. Praise him for who he is. Praise him for what he has done and continues to do. And praise him for our hope. Praise him for who he is, what he's done and continues to do, and praise him for our hope. Praise him for who he is. Have you ever tried to make a deal with God? You ever try to use God as a rabbit's foot or a genie in a bottle? I'm all the time trying to make a deal with God. God, if you do this, I will do this. Lord, if you do such and such, Lord, if I do such and such, please give me this. I will read my Bible every day if only you do. I will only listen to praise music, Lord. No more Travis Scott or Metallica. Look at your neighbor and say, I bargained with God. Ooh, not many of y'all said that. Am I the only one that bargains with God? Or y'all don't want to admit it? Look at your neighbor and say, I bargained with God. See, we're all the same. I think it's okay to ask our creator for what we need and want. Almighty King wants to know and knows our heart's desires. But I want to make sure we don't look at our good, good father as a rabbit's foot or a genie in the bottle. God, you just go over there in the corner, and I'll call you when I need you. I like the sin I'm doing, so don't bother me with church or discipleship or whatever right now. But let's look at verse 6 so we can see who our God really is. The Lord merely spoke, and the heavens were created. He breathed the word and all the stars were born. He assigned the seas its boundaries and locked the oceans in its vast reservoirs. Drop down to verse 13. The Lord looks down from heaven and sees the whole human race. From his throne, he observes all who live on the earth. He made their hearts so he understands everything they do. Praise God because he is God. The King of kings and the Lord of lords spoke. He breathed and the word world came into existence. Breathe one time. Anything happen? Not my germs, the hot air probably came out from up here. But our God breathed, and the universe was formed. Then he set the world on its axis, and it stayed right there. You ever try to spin a basketball on your finger? I learned when I was working at Foot Lockers, the, the kid, kids loved it when I would spin boxes and balls on my finger. But we bought, have you been to the halftime show where they spin the, um, the plates or the balls and were amazed, right? I remember one time I was at an assembly in elementary school and a guy spun like eight balls. He had these pointy things sticking up off of his leg and he spun six balls on his leg and then he would get the seventh one going on his finger and got the eighth one going on his finger, right? So he spun eight balls. It lasted for like a minute or two, but we all looked on and went in amazement. It's like, wow, he spun eight balls at one time. Then they would, you know, start to wobble and they would fall off. Great entertainment. I looked on with amazement. 
In our solar system, we have eight or nine planets. Depends on what you call Pluto. Let's say for argument's sake, there's eight planets. Y'all can argue whether Pluto is a planet. When I was growing up, it was a planet. For now, it's, it's not. I don't know. Our God, our God, has been spinning eight planets perfectly on its axis at the right angle, at the right distance from all the other planets, at the right speed ever since he spoke and the solar system came to be. I'll let y'all debate how long the solar system, y'all can debate, debate about Pluto, and y'all can debate about how long the solar system's been here. But to me, whether it's been one day or a million years, I want to look on it all as Yahweh God spins the planets with a, an amazement that far outweighs what I look at an assembly performance or a halftime performance with. I want to look at our Savior as the great artist, the greatest of them all. Amen? Look at verse 13 again. The Lord looks down from heaven and sees the whole human race. From his throne, he observes all who live on the earth. He made their hearts so he understands everything they do. Just in case you haven't heard it said before or you need reminded, you were crafted by the hands of the greatest artist. Tribal or Maverick City Music, whatever, they kind of go together. They have a song called Canvas and Clay. And the first lines are similar to some of the verses you find in the Psalms. I think it'll be up here. In my mother's womb, you formed me with your hands, known and loved by you before I took a breath. When I doubt it, Lord, remind me, I'm wonderfully made. You're an artist and a potter. I'm the canvas and the clay. You and I were created in the image of the one who spoke this world into existence. He is the reason we have blood pumping through our bodies. The reason we have breath in our lungs. And guess what? The great creator, the great potter, that great artist wants to have a personal relationship with you and me. Look at verse 14 and 15 again. From his throne, he observes all who live on the earth. He made their hearts so he understands everything they do. Now, we don't know who wrote this particular song, so we can't pinpoint when it was written or what the writer was going through. But if we could for a moment, let's think about what the Israelites were probably going through at that time and what the Psalms may have meant to them. Now, you know, I hear all the time, things are so bad today. I look at people and go, have you read the Old Testament? Threats of war, famine, people's lives were being threatened, women were treated as less than a property, oppression, injustice. Kings are seeing women from the top of their rooftop when they should be off at war and telling his men to bring her to him. Then he has that same woman's husband killed. If y'all don't know, we're talking about King David right now. And then later King David was trying to be, was about to be overthrown or trying to be overthrown by his son. Y'all know David's story. Yes, I know gas prices are through the roof, gun violence, sexism, racism, women are, are women and different people groups are still being treated as less than. Threats of war and nuclear wars, invasion of countries have us all worried today. 
But the Israelites use the Psalms the way that we can use the Psalm and all the Psalms today to remind us our God is glorious and he sits on the ultimate throne. Yahweh is in control. Run to the glorious Lord. Look at verse 16. The best equipped army cannot save a king, nor is great strength enough to save a warrior. Don't count on your war horse to give you victory. For all its strength, it cannot save you. But the Lord watches over those who fear him, those who rely on his unfailing love. He rescues them from death and keeps them alive in times of famine. Now, there's a full sermon in those four verses right there. We're not going there today. Maybe Pastor Josh will take you there or Pastor Amari will take you there another day. But as we read these verses, we see that they are made to remind us, to minister us, that our God is a great protector and the one who has been and is thwarting the plans of the enemies. Yahweh watches over those who revere him and that know that his love is unfailing. God's love never fails. Look at your neighbor and say, my God never fails. Y'all are getting better. I love it. Praise God for being the creator of all who loves you and me and is watching over his people. He is Lord of all. Now that we know God is creator of all, who is watching over you and me and is Yahweh, my God, let us stop using him as a genie in the bottle and putting him over in the corner. Let's bring, bring Jesus back over here. Okay. Let us look at him and revere him as our prophet our priest, and our king. Let's praise him for what he's done and is doing. Verse 18 says, But the Lord watches over those who fear him, those who rely on his unfailing love. He rescues them from death and keeps them alive in times of famine. Have you ever been without food? Can't afford food or the bare necessities? Some of you know our story but most of you may not. But I was let go from my job in 2010. That was 12 years ago. Wow. We were on unemployment and food stamps. At the same time, there was a major recession going on in the country. I think Mark Lenz can probably, uh, has a testimony and all that. Um, but it was a tough time for me and my family. Do you pray for your daily bread? Do you thank God for your daily bread? Look at your neighbor and say, well, do you? I know I don't always thank God for my daily bread. But do you remember the story of Joseph and his brothers selling him into slavery? They were jealous of him. Then Joseph became second in command to the king because he could interpret dreams. Now, God was helping him interpret those dreams. Joseph was able to tell the upcoming famine that the king was dreaming about. When they went through the famine, it was Joseph's brothers who had to come to Joseph to get food. Now, they didn't know it was Joseph, but Joseph knew who they were. God used that crazy circumstance to provide for his people. Not only did God provide, he used that situation to reunite the whole family. He rescued them. Now, when I say he used that situation to provide for God's people, I'm not just talking about Joseph's. I'm talking about all the people of God's people, all the Israelites. What a glorious God. 
Even in our disobedience, God uses us to show what type of God he is. Do you hear me, church? Even when we don't do right, God does right. Look at verse 4 again. For the word of the Lord holds true, and we can trust everything he does. He loves whatever is just and good. The unfailing love of the Lord fills the earth. You want to know something? There's no doubt in my mind, if I would not have been let go of my job in 2010, my wife and I would not be married today. Romans 8.28 says, And we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to the purpose for them. Five days ago, my wife and I celebrated 19 years of marriage. Praise God. Yahweh has been and continues to watch over his people and is working all things out for the good of his purpose. Amen? God continually provides for his people. And he continues to provide for us today. He has time and time again rescued his people and still rescues us. We can see it in the Israelites. We can see that in the first century Christians. And God's people all over the world today. God is there for his people. We just sung about this. There's another in the fire standing next to me. There's another in the waters holding back the seas. And should I ever need, need reminding of how I've been set free, there's a cross that bears the burden where another died for me. There's another in the fire. So what is our hope? Why do we have hope? I know that I haven't really given you anything groundbreaking today, unless you want to debate if there's eight or nine planets. You haven't heard anything you don't know. But I want us to sing this song or psalm together so we are reminded and remember and we don't forget who our hope is in and why. Look at verse 20. We put our hope in the Lord. He is our help and our shield. In him our hearts rejoice, for we trust in his holy name. Let your unfailing love surround us, Lord, for our hope is in you alone. A few minutes ago I talked about how I lost my job in 2010. Again, during that time, my family and I were on unemployment and food stamps. Do you know what that's like? We're a family of four with a house payment and a car payment. And health insurance through COBRA was $600 a month. Y'all ready? Are you, is it too early for a math problem? Let me give you a quick math problem, okay? Unemployment gave us $1,200 a month. COBRA took $600 for health insurance. What does that leave us with? $600. Our house payment was $1,600. Plus electricity, water, car payment. Add it all up at the end of the month, and guess what? It ain't add up. Somehow the Lord provided for a whole year. The Lord provided. Did we just sit there and hope that money showed up? No. But we asked for our daily bread. 
And the Lord provided us ways to get our daily bread. Look at your neighbor and say, won't he do it? Mm. I would bet we all got a testimony to remind us of the hope that we should have in our Lord. You got a job? That's the Lord. You got food in the fridge? That's the Lord. You got health? That's the Lord. Can you afford to go to the doctor? That's the Lord. You got breath in your lungs? That's the Lord. If you can afford to put gas in your car, that's the Lord. If you got an electric car, you're lucky. <laughs> and that's the Lord. You know, even if our great God didn't provide our every need, which he does and will keep doing, do you know what he has provided? He provided that ultimate hope we have through the sacrifice of Christ. Look at verse 16 again. The best equipped army cannot save a king, nor is great strength enough to save a warrior. Don't count on your war horse, war horse, war horse, to give you victory. For all its strength, it cannot save you. Our hope is in not what we can do in our strength. Our position in this world cannot save us. Jeff Bezos, Putin, Trump, Biden, Oprah, Michael Jordan, Steph Curry, LeBron James, Tom Brady, Beyonce, Lil Baby, Drake, Elon Musk, their position, their power, how many likes they got on Twitter or Instagram or people following them, guess what? That can't save them unless they call on the name of the Lord. Have you ever read about how many chariots David and Solomon had? Thousands. They had a great palace. Riches, gold upon gold upon gold. But that can't and didn't save them. Our hope should be in the fact that the God who is spinning the planets perfectly on its axis, the one who is holding back the seas, the one who brought his people out of slavery and gave them the promised land, the God who saw everything that King David did and forgave him still, the God who knows every hair on your head. The God who formed each of us in our mother's womb. That same God left his mighty position in heaven and came down here on earth to be a living sacrifice. He was unjustly tried, convicted, battered, and beaten, and paid the price for our sins. Our hope is in that Christ that suffered, was whipped 39 times and nailed to a cross. We sing oftentimes the song, remember, the holes in your hands, the wounds in your side, those 39 lashes brought me back to life. Our hope, our salvation is in that God, that Christ. Look at your neighbor and say, my hope is in Jesus. Pastor Josh, did you say that? Okay, just checking. Church, I would like to close with this. We have been talking today about why 
our glorious King should be praised. Look at all He created. Look at all He continues to do and has done for His people. Look at why He is our hope. If you believe what the psalm is telling you and me, which is God's Word and what God's Word is telling you and me, then there's an action item here. Pastor Josh and our staff and our session can tell you that I'm all about action items. Don't talk about it, be about it. And at the end of every staff meeting and session meeting, I'm like, what is our action item? Our King, our God has an action item here for us. Look at verse 1. Let the godly sing for joy to the Lord. It is fitting for the pure to praise him. Praise the Lord with melodies on the lyre. Some call it the lyre, lyre. I call it the lyre. West Virginia, we call it the lyre. Make music for him on the ten-string harp. That might be the banjo in West Virginia. Sing a new song of praise to him. Play skillfully on the harp and sing with joy. Do you know you and I were made to praise him? If we aren't worshiping God, we're going to be worshiping something else. So praise the Lord. Praise Him when you wake up. Praise Him while you're driving. Praise Him while you're at school. Praise Him while you're playing your sport. Praise Him, praise him while you're performing in a play. Praise Him while you're singing. Praise Him while you're at work. Praise Him while you're with your kids. Praise Him while you're doing your hobby. Praise Him while you're gathering with the saints. Praise Him while you're hanging with friends. Praise Him while you're with family. Praise Him. Praise Him. Praise Him. You got it. Praise Him when you're about to go in the storm. Praise Him while you're in that storm. And you dang sure better praise Him when you're coming out of that storm. Look at verse 1 again. Let the godly sing for joy to the Lord. It is fitting for the pure to praise Him. Praise the Lord with melodies on the lyre. Make music for him on the ten-string harp. Sing a new song of praise to him. Play skillfully on the harp and sing with joy. I know I'm wearing out these three verses. But more specifically in these verses, Yahweh is asking us to praise him with song and music. This is the reason why we sing four songs every Sunday morning. This is the reason why we want you here at the beginning of every church service. So we can praise the Most High together. But you say, Pastor D, I can't sing. I can't either. Pastor D, I'm not godly and pure. Yes, you are. You've been bought by his precious blood, and that makes you pure. So let's make a joyful noise together. For the past two or three years, I've been on a journey. Because I've struggled to worship God. I'm trying to figure out how it won't be so dogmatic or legalistic. How my faith won't be so dogmatic and legalistic. It happens to professional Christians. You know, someone who gets paid to work in ministry. And as I talk to many of you, many of you struggle with the same thing. I've been doing some spiritual direction. Reading, praying, Listen to some podcasts. Well, Southside Rabbi, yep, I, I highly uh, sign off on Southside Rabbi. Another one I hyper-focus on. 
But while on this journey, Yahweh has guided me to this very important conclusion. He doesn't want my meaningless sacrifice, my meaningless money, or my check-the-box faith. He doesn't want me to just show up to church and check the box and go to community group. There's a point in the Old Testament where God tells the Israelites that he doesn't want their sacrifice. You sinned, and then go and check the box by sacrificing some animal. God said, keep your sacrifice. Look at verse 1 Samuel 15.22 will be up here. But Samuel replied, what is more pleasing to the Lord? Your burnt offerings and sacrifices or your obedience to his voice? Listen, obedience is better than sacrifice and submission is better than offering the fat of rams. So what does God want? He wants my heart. Our God wants a heart that is bent towards him and those who bear his image. So let us praise him. Praise him with a new song. Sing loud and praise him. But again, Pastor D, I can't sing. And again, I can't either. That's why we got Mr. G on the keys, Fred on the drums, Mr. Dean on the guitar, Mr. Blackwell on the bass, Sidney on the congas. We got the praise team to lead us. It all helps us make a joyful noise unto our great, wonderful, and glorious God. Lord, I need all the help I can get. I need you all to sing with me so it can drown me out. Look at verse 1 again. Let the godly sing for joy to the Lord. It is fitting for the pure to praise him. Praise the Lord with melodies on the lyre. Make music for him on the ten-string harp. Sing a new song of praise to him. Play skillfully on the harp and sing with joy. Church, as we sing unto the Lord, my hope and my prayer is that you and I can have the right heart posture so that the sacrifice of our praise is a pleasing aroma to such a wonderful and glorious king. The glorious king who made this universe. The glorious king who continually watches over his people. And the glorious king who is the ultimate sacrifice for my salvation and yours. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Glorious God, you are worthy of all our praise. Please soften our hearts, shape and mold us so we can be used by you to reflect the greatness and goodness to all those around us. Help us to love what you love. Help us to praise you with every inch of our body. We pray that our sacrifice is a sweet and a pleasing aroma to you. You are glorious. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Church family, one second, Josh. We're going to praise God through confession of our sin and then declaring how we are made pure and righteous.